Welcome to The Gathering Place with Blessed Is She. I'm Jenna Gizar. And I'm Beth Davis. Pull up a chair and grab a drink. Or you could just keep doing what you're doing. Pull up a chair in your heart. (laughs) Come chat with us about Jesus, prayer, community, and life. So let's get started. Hey, Jenna. Hi, Beth. How are you, friend? So good. Oh, so good, huh? Mm Mm-hmm. Heather, Kim, how are you doing? I am doing great. Super excited to be with you both. Super excited to redeem myself after that first podcast where we laughed so hard. We barely even spoke. It was mostly (laughs) laughing because you guys are so funny and I love you both. Well, it was hilarious because you asked me to do it, but I didn't actually think it was a real thing. So I thought we were just messing around. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and it was a real thing, but I'm doing great. So I hope everyone you. has listened to that episode because it's one of my favorites. Sidekicks and cool people with Heather Kim. So good. And Heather Kim's wheeze laugh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to tell you, I kind of hope we do a lot of laughing this time around too. Heather, for anyone who has not sadly listened to our very first podcast episode ever, would you mind introducing yourself? Sure. So my name is Heather Kim. I am uh, Canadian and it is a gorgeous, stunning place to live. So I love that. And I'm a mom of three and I'm married to Jake. And Jake and I have a ministry that we started in 2004 called Life Restoration. And we started it because God had been doing so much in our own lives in the area of restoration and healing that we decided that you know, this seemed to be the path that he was leading us on to to bear this fruit to other people as well and bring them into an understanding that God can restore and wants to restore broken things from our past so that we can be fully alive. So that's really what our ministry is about. But I'm a worship leader. I'm a speaker. I'm a podcaster with Abiding Together with my good friends, Michelle Bensinger and Sister Miriam. And yeah, so I feel like I have 18 jobs. I do a lot of different things uh, for our diocese and travel speaking. And I'm most happy that our paths have crossed so that we, uh, yeah, we have such a good friendship, which I'm excited to chat with you both today. And Heather, you're going to be a speaker at the very first Shine Retreat. I'm so excited. So, so, so excited. Yeah, it's the first time I'll be at one of your events, so I can't wait to see what you all do. It's going to be your, I love your ministry. I love the ministry of Blessed Ishi, and you guys are having an awesome impact. I'm so proud of what you're doing, so I can't wait to collaborate. It's my favorite thing. It's my favorite thing to work with friends and collaborate and um, just build the kingdom together. So thanks for inviting me. I can't wait for it. Oh, my gosh. Of course. You haven't done anything with us yet, like officially. Officially. We've done a lot of things unofficially, which have involved jet skiing, um, <laughs> hanging out, drinking way too much coffee to where I have like acid problems in my stomach. Uh, <laughs> you make uh, you make a good cup of coffee. On that weekend that we spent together, we, each of us shared a bit of our story. I mean, mm-hmm. a lot of bit of our stories and something that you and I have continued to talk about since that amazing lake house weekend is interpreting our stories. And Mm -hmm. this is something that comes up for me all the time. Something happens, whether in the present, in the moment, or a memory, something will come up. And I try to settle on what that was actually about. I might Mm -hmm. even pray about it, but I sort of have an idea that's reinforced. Does that make sense? Sometimes we have a narrative that gets reinforced throughout our lives. Mm -hmm. I think in psychology, it's called a bias theory, something like that. Anyway, somebody will write us and tell us. 
<laughs> the point is we start to think this thing is true about ourselves, but we might have the wrong interpretation about big things in mm-hmm. our lives. And you've taught me so, so much about that. Yeah. I think often we are disoriented in our life in general, that we're walking through life without a good grasp on where we've come from and where we're going and what is happening currently in our life, why we feel what we feel, why we do what we do. And often I think we're so busy and operating out of how we feel, whether it be tiredness or hurt or whatever, that we don't pause and go, what is going on right now in the story? And I liken it to uh, this analogy of When I drive to school, my kids to school in the morning, we drive down this hill and there's this beautiful mountain, Mount Baker. It's glorious. Like, honestly, it speaks to me of like the beauty of God every day. So we were driving down this hill one day and even my youngest, like it was so beautiful. The sun was shining on it and there was this layer of clouds that was sitting just at the base and the sun was shining on it so brightly that it looked like the ocean. And my youngest daughter even said, Mom, look at that. It's so beautiful. It makes me want to cry. Like it was just so, so beautiful. But as we drove down the hill, we entered into that layer of fog. And literally, you couldn't see two feet in front of you. You couldn't see the car in front of you. You You didn't know that the sun was shining up above. The only reason why I knew that is because we had been there first. Anybody else who had been down below would never even know that. And I just thought the Lord just spoke to me in that and said, Heather, this is often how you are living your life is in this fog and you have no idea where the sun is. You have no idea the glorious things that are right above the fog. And I've taken a lot of time to ponder this because I think we lose sight of our story, which is the bigger story of salvation that we are in right now and that we are in a world at war and there is an enemy who wants to speak lies to us. He is called the father of lies because he's deceitful. And I heard this one person say something like, you know, he's not the father of ridiculous suggestions. You know, he actually is like pretty convincing. And that's why it's difficult. But if we don't know that, and we don't know that our home is heaven, and that here on earth, we're in a war, and the enemy is after us and wanting to lie to us and steal our peace and take us away from the Lord and his voice and our, our true identity as daughters of God, you know, then then we don't know why anything is going on in our life. And so the reality is that in the Garden of Eden, at the very beginning of the story, Adam and Eve heard this suggestion from the enemy. And he said, basically, is God holding out on you? Is he keeping something from you? And he planted this doubt in their heart. And it was this story that wasn't the truth, but they believed the story. And that's why they ended up falling into this sin and they ate the fruit and we all know the rest of the story that happened. But that story is mirrored in our own hearts and in our own lives so that we have a voice that is coming from the enemy who suggests things to us such as, is God holding out on you? And so we begin to believe a narrative that isn't true Because it sounds so true and convincing. And like you said, Beth, it's reinforced by many situations throughout our life that make those lies seem really, really real. 
And it's almost like an out of tune song that's being sung over our life from the enemy. And it does, it sort of sounds true, but it's not quite right. And then we have God who is singing this beautiful melody over our whole life about who we are, that we are chosen, that we belong, that we are beloved. And that he is inviting us into a deep relationship with him and wants us to experience wholeness and the fullness of what he has for us. And so we are caught in the middle of this war. And if we don't know that this is happening, it's going to be very hard to distinguish whose voice is whose and who is speaking the truth. So if we are in the fog or we're letting that that part of the story define our moment, How is it that we get out of it? Yeah, I think there's a number of different ways to get out of the fog. And I think it begins with prayer. I mean, it's so, so, so basic. But if we aren't praying and we aren't opening ourselves up to the truth that God wants to speak and just his presence, just like lifting our eyes to him who is already looking at us, who is already gazing down upon us, then we aren't opening ourselves up to what the reality is. Have you guys seen the movie The Hunger Games ever? Yes. So there's this character named PETA. And in the last part, and then there's the character named Katniss. And so Katniss is like the hero girl. And he PETA loves her. Like he's totally in love with her. And they're in this battle. And he gets taken. He's like abducted by the enemy. And when he's with the enemy, they fill him with all of these thoughts and lies that Katniss is the enemy. And they turn his heart away from her to where he thinks that she is coming after him, that she's the real enemy. And and so when she goes in and rescues him and brings him back, he's like totally aggressive towards her. And as he's around her more and more, the lies begin to fade. The lies begin to kind of be exposed. And he finds himself in this place where he's wondering what is the truth and what isn't the truth. And so he begins to sit with her and he will say to her, Katniss, and he will talk to her, and then he'll say at the end, is this real or not real? And then she has the opportunity to tell him what she really thinks and feels. And there's a part of this that I think we need to sit before God and say, God, this is how I feel. This is what I'm interpreting from this situation. You know, say you you go into a, a group of friends and they kind of, you know, you think that they're talking about you. It's just something normal that we all experience. And what we interpret is, oh, this always happens. I'm always on the outside. I don't belong. People don't understand me. I'm not safe here. And then we leave that situation with all of these lies whirling around in our heart and mind. And so we have to sit with the Lord and open up to his truth and say, God, what is the truth? Is this real or not real? And allow him to speak the truth into us. And that can come in a number of ways. Like God speaks in the quiet of our heart, in the silence of our heart. He also speaks to us through scripture. You know, that's a huge source of truth in in my life where I've actually gone through and memorized certain scriptures to be anchors of truth in my life. And through the liturgy, you know, and then through other people, like these are there's many ways that God speaks to us in nature and all of that. But I think for me, those are the main sources on the day to day that I can encounter the truth of who he is and break out of the fog. And I think it literally is sitting with the story and reminding ourselves, I am a part of a bigger story. God is for me and I was made for love and I was made for him and I was made to be with him. And, and, and we have to place ourselves in that truth as we begin our day. What's so crazy, Heather, is when you give that example of a group of friends and 
I, I think a very common feeling of being misunderstood or like you're just missing each other in a friendship, even a good friendship. You can have days like that, mm-hmm. but to hear you describe the lies walking away from that situation, objectively, I hear you say that and I go, Whoa, like, how did you mm-hmm. get there? But when I think about my right. own life, my own experiences, I'm not objective. I can't objectively say, Whoa, how did I get there? I think, yeah, that feels right. That's true. Here we mm-hmm. go again. Right. And we don't pause to go to even ask the question, is there a lie here? Is this even true? We're just feeling all the feels like they're just going all over the place. (laughs) And usually we get overwhelmed with it and we're like, okay, I need ice cream or I need, (laughs) I need Netflix because I just want to escape from all of these negative feelings that I'm feeling. And we go from zero to a hundred really, really quickly. So instead of just going, wow, I didn't like what they said. It made me feel this. I should check with them and see if that's what they meant. We leave with this whole belief system about I don't belong. People just don't get me. I I mean, I'm just on the outside of this group. And we, we go through a hundred things that are so in many ways, they feel catastrophic in our hearts and they tear us away from the deeper identity of who we are. And usually that's where the enemy is, but he's sneaky. Like I said, it's not obvious. If he was obvious, we'd find him out every time. He's super sneaky and he will hit you where it hurts every time. And he doesn't play fair. Absolutely not. So I think that's why we have to be, one, we have to have the awareness, two, we need to pause before God and let his truth sink deep into our hearts. And it's in those moments and outside of those moments. You know, sitting with scripture, we're just like absorbing truth. Being in his presence in Eucharistic adoration, I believe is so healing to lies, whether we say anything or not, just to be in his presence and open ourselves up to his healing and his truth. I think bringing his light into the darkness is one of the best things that could begin the healing process in us. As you said, that when we're feeling all those feelings, it can feel catastrophic. I've oftentimes, you guys are going to think I'm so silly. I've oftentimes thought about all the times I was grounded in high school, which was a lot. And I remember sitting on my bed after finding out I was grounded and literally feeling like the world was over. Like just one moment of not being able to go out with my friends, one night of not Mm -hmm. being able to go do what I wanted to do felt like the biggest deal ever. And it sounds so silly, but I noticed that recently with my daughter, Cecilia, just a couple weeks ago, she's nine and she wasn't able to do something. And it was like, she's nine. So she's like, just, I think, beginning to start having feelings, not like a Mm -hmm. little, little kid anymore, you know? Mm -hmm. And it was devastating. Like she, there's no word to explain it because objectively, like Beth said, it seems so ridiculous, you know, like Mm -hmm. it's fine. You're going to be fine anyway. Mm -hmm. But in that moment of her feeling like this is the worst thing ever, all I knew to do as her mom and as someone who loves her is I wanted to just draw close to her. Like Mm -hmm. I just knew she just needs me to hug her and Mm -hmm. to hold her and Mm -hmm. I know that you feel like this is awful and it's going to be okay. And just, Mm -hmm. just to hold her. And, and so that made me think of it when you were talking about that, that in those moments, like you said, we do want to escape. I hate these feelings. I want to go shopping. That's a big one for me. Mm -hmm. Like I love to buy myself something when I'm feeling yucky, Um, Mm -hmm. Netflix, social media, all of that. But the Lord just wants to hold us. 
at that Mm -hmm. moment. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And as a mother, you know, I do this kind of work with my children all the time. And this is where you see how dirty the enemy is. And sometimes you can see it clearer in children, how it happens to their own hearts and the lies that creep in that we can with ourselves. And it happens so, so young, you know, where all of a sudden they'll say something like, I'm such a bad kid. And I've never said that to my children before. So I'm like, where's that coming from? That's never verbally been spoken to my children, you know? So the enemy is trying to speak something to them. And one of the greatest roles that I have as a parent is to speak the truth. And so I do similarly to you, Jenna. Sometimes it's by presence. And sometimes, a lot of times, it's my words where I say, hey, can we talk? I want to tell you the truth. You might be feeling that I don't care or that I don't understand you, but I do understand you and you need to trust me that I know what is best for you. And I often will say, will you look at me? Like, look in my eyes, honey, look in my eyes. I'm your mom. You know how much I love you. I love you with all my heart. I would never do anything to hurt you. I would never keep anything good from you. So you can trust me that when I say no, it's for your greater good. And We don't often have parents who can teach us these things. You know, I'm learning and I make mistakes all the time and I have to do a lot of repair with my kids. But what we're supposed to do is mirror the father. Like we do have a father, no matter what our parents are like, we have God, the father who wants to speak that into our hearts, who is trying to say to us, will you trust me? Will you trust me that even if something is horrible, that I can work it for good in your life if you love me? And that, and that is the secret of the gospel, is it not? It's why we believe that God is God. Like if he didn't rise from the dead and defeat death and take the most horrible thing ever and turn it into something beautiful, then we wouldn't believe in him. It's just a story. You know, it's precisely because of that, that we can have hope that in our own life where we have areas of brokenness and darkness, that God wants to speak the truth and he actually can change it. That it's not just like, oh, this is always, this is the story. I always have to put up with it. This is my cross to bear. And we sort of walk around in a circle with our cross and suffer instead of taking that cross and bearing our cross and suffering and walking up the hill to the place where we die and then rise again. And I think that's where we get stuck in the Christian life is we just keep walking around the cross and it's so heavy and it's so hard. You know, and this isn't to diminish suffering in any way. Like, we, yes, there is suffering, and this world is very hard. But our suffering and carrying the cross always leads to resurrection. That's what we believe as Christians. And that's the path that we're going. It may not be fast. It may take a long time to get there. And for some things, it may be a lifetime. But that is the hope that we hold. And that is why we invite God into those places instead of just escaping. Because he actually can change it and he can change us and he can change our perspective. Yeah. I'm thinking about a a friend of mine. It's actually my friend's mom, but she told me about raising her girls. She would go in at the end of the night, you know, as moms do for prayers and good night and tucking in. And she would say, did anything upsetting happen today? And the child would say, well, I got called to the board and I didn't know the answer to this math problem. And I felt mm. really stupid, you know, in there, in a kid way, mm-hmm. there was the suggestion that they are stupid. So my friend's mom would say, let's ask Jesus what he thinks about that. And so she would pray right there with the child and mm-hmm. invite Jesus into that memory of standing at the blackboard and asking Jesus to tell the truth about who they are. Yeah. 
And it was so healing for me. It was a model for me of how to do that in my own life when I have the wherewithal, when I can step back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I've done that with my own children and myself as well. Mm-hmm. There's been many times where I've got said, Lord, what do you think about this? Like, I feel like this. What do you have to say mm-hmm. about that? Yeah. And I think God wants to speak to us. You know, he wants to communicate with us. He doesn't just stand far, far away looking down on us with his arms folded as if he doesn't really care, as if he just wants us to suffer and struggle through it. He wants to be intimately involved and he wants to speak his truth and love into our hearts. So I love that practice. It's something that I personally do. And and I think it's something that we need to grow in becoming a regular part of our of our life and our world Mm. instead of just an idea. I think sometimes it can, oftentimes it can feel easier to numb and to not go back and think about painful things or think about memories and, and really trying to see the Lord in them. But what do you think is the result of a life lived letting the Lord into those places? Well, I think, I mean, it's, it's peace. Like you will know by, by the fruit, right? Like I think that you would see the fruit of peace and security and, you know, strengthened identity and, and all of these things. Like, I think the reason why we don't go there with the Lord and we would rather numb out is because at the end of the day, we're left wondering if I go into that pain, like I'm just going to like open up a whole can of worms. And what if I can't put it back together again? And what if God doesn't come? I mean, maybe he will for other people, but I don't actually know or believe that he's going to come for me. And that is maybe a good place to start. (laughs) It's a good place to go, Lord, is this real or not real? Is this true or not true? That you won't come for me if I open up my pain to you, that you're not going to do anything about it. Because God is our healer. God loves. He is love. He, he. It's not like he just talks about it. Like he is love. Everything that we know about love that is good is God. And so he can't help but respond. It, it is It is self-donating. It's self-gift. And he wants to give himself to us in that way. I wonder too, maybe you don't have to start with the most painful memory or the biggest Totally. Most deeply rooted lie. Like what if we just started with examining the day, thinking back through all of your interactions, conversations, moments where something shifted and said like, wait a second, what happened right there? What did I start (laughs) thinking? What was suggested to me? What did I believe in that moment? You know, it seems less intense, less Mm -hmm. scary. There's less to lose if it's just like an awkward conversation with a loved one yeah. than thinking about the most defining, embarrassing moment of your childhood, you know? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. We can go easy on ourselves. Like yeah. that's okay. Yeah. It's okay to be gentle with ourselves. And I always believe like if we're going to go into our past, we always have to keep our eyes fixed on Jesus. We, If we start looking at the pain and we take our eyes off of him, we will lose ourselves in the pain. It'll just feel like an overwhelming ocean. But if we keep our eyes fixed on him, it's similar to the analogy of Jesus in the storm, in the boat. It's like, just keep your eyes on him. Like he will not leave you. Like he will not leave you at all. So, and I also think, there's something that we need to learn how to be this for other people. We need to to remember that all of us have a 
a pretty amazing story going on. Each of us has this struggle that is so real where there's so much good and then the enemy is at war within us. And we have to be bearers of the truth for one another. We have to know that about each other and go, wow, like Beth has a story. Jenna has a story. How can I speak the truth into their life in love in the areas that they that they may be believing a lie so that it can help bring restoration, so that we can be bearers of the truth and light and healing of God to one another. And sometimes that will be in spiritual motherhood. And sometimes it's just in friendship, you know, that we can offer that to one another, which I think is a great, great gift. And it's other focused. And this is something something that I think we all can grow in is that it's not always about us. And sometimes when we start making a gift of ourselves to another, the benefits that, that get stirred up and born in our own heart are even greater. Yeah. I notice that in myself when I'm having a really hard day, whenever I'm serving, especially my children, like when I serve them and remember that, like you said, I make it other focused. It just makes me so grateful for them. It makes life brighter when mm-hmm. I'm able to serve others, especially when things are just hard. Yeah. And when we remember that another person has a story, just yeah. like ours, it can actually grow our compassion for them. And you end up not taking things as personally as they happen. Like you just go, wow, I, this probably isn't even about me. Like, how can I just be present and be love for them right now? Yeah. As opposed to reacting out of woundedness. When mm-hmm. another person is simply acting out of woundedness, you know, mm-hmm. the vicious cycle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. Heather, this was so good. Thank you so much for just bringing your wisdom and your heart. You have such compassion and uh, makes me want to be more compassionate to myself because of how compassionate you are to me. So thanks, friend. Thanks for coming on again. It was, it was a pleasure to be with you both. And I love the ministry that you're doing. And I pray for you guys and the ministry of Blessed is She. And I'm excited for all that you guys are bringing to the table in the church. So thank you for that. Thanks, Heather. Heather, would you mind closing us in prayer? Sure. In the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. God, we love you. We just open our hearts to your love. And we ask, Lord, that you would pour your truth into our hearts, that into the areas that we have fallen into a fog, um, or we don't know, we question what is the truth and what is real and not real. Lord, that you would speak your truth deep into the parts of our heart where we need it most, that you would shine your light in the darkness, and that you would begin to restore the places that are broken within us so that we can bear your light and healing to those that we come in contact with. We thank you for who you are, God that you care about us, and that you love us. We pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Can't wait to chat with you next season, Heather. <laughs> Can't wait. <laughs> okay, bye. Bye. Thanks so much for gathering with us here on the Blessed Is She podcast. Send over all your questions using the Anchor app. We'd love to hear from you. Connect with us at blessedishe.net slash community and join us on all your favorite social media platforms. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. I love Twitter. Until next time.